And then we wonder why we're feeling this way. And we're like, you know, what do you mean I coveted all this stuff someone else has or, you know, some celebrity has? I don't understand why watching Instagram all day makes me feel this way. Talk show host Raina Rose asked the question, ever wonder why life seems empty? Keep listening. My book, Whispering in His Ear, also asked this question. Through devotions and life lessons, I write about the only way to find true joy, and that is through Jesus. Read about my struggles to hear from God and listen to His prompting, and learn how you can open your life to the only one who can guide us. Whispering in His Ear and the new upcoming Companion Study Guide is available on Amazon. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Raina Rose wants everyone to nourish their soul, not just their bodies. She talks about this in her book, Sin Tastes Good, and her talk show, Soul Nutrition. Raised in Malaysia and having lived on four continents, Raina considers herself a citizen of heaven with a residency card for her time on this beautiful creation we call Earth. Raina believes that as we learn to live life full of fruits of the Spirit, we enjoy life more abundantly with satisfaction, trust, and unending joy. Here's Raina. Raina, hi. Thanks so much for being with us today. So great to be here with you, truly. That's so good. So those of us who may be listening to this cannot see the awesome background that Raina has behind her. It is it's her, her latest book cover, and we're going to talk about her book, Thin Tastes Good. It's very evocative, and I, will, I definitely will have it in the show notes. Um, but... You know, when I think of you, I think of you as someone who who really breaks it down and who and who wants to help people understand that we are living in an an empty, you say empty calorie world, you know, uh-huh. on, on the on the book. Um, we've got to nourish our soul. And so I don't think you pull any punches. You let us know that. Um, and I certainly get this from the book. Um, but before we start talking about that, let's get to know you a little bit better. And we were just talking about your name, Raina, and yeah. how you have come to be called that. So tell us about yourself and tell us about your name. Sure. So um, about, 
it was like a year and a half before my brother suddenly passed away. Um, so it's going to be 12, he'll be, have passed 11 years this December. So 12 and a half years ago or so. And I am driving and God's just like putting some things in my heart. You know, when he just stops you, like I nearly had to pull over. And, um, he said, and I'm in my twenties, right? God goes, I'm making you a queen and everything you're about to go through is to make you a kind, generous, humble, loving queen. And I remember going, that's weird, God. (laughs) I was just like, that's weird. You know, I, and I tried to push it away and it never left. It kept like everything, uh, not right when my brother died, but before that, like things that would happen that were kind of like preparing me. And actually uh, you talked about sometimes the favorite verse. I go back to that because I don't know why this particular verse was my favorite. Cause I'm like, for those who study Enneagram, I'm a seven who like tries to avoid all pain and development of my character, <laughs> you know, in general. <laughs> um, but I could see God developing my character and making me this queen, not in a way like I think I'm gonna rule over people or anything like that, but in being a woman who lifts up other women to um, you know, go out and speak for his glory. And, you know, people have said I was going to be a motivational speaker since I was like 17 years old. And, you know, now I'm going out and speaking and doing a lot of things and and praying about getting more speaking. I, that's the thing God's really put on my heart lately. But so that was a journey. I mean, that happened, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And it wasn't until three years ago, I, um, well, maybe about seven, I started writing for a travel magazine under Melly Reyna, because my name was Melissa before, which means honeybee. Um, and then I started singing and recording some demos in Toronto and getting like just to the threshold of professional, but not quite. And, um, I just started going by Raina cause singers don't need a last name. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and then, um, some things happened actually at my job where, um, it was a hostile working environment. I was too scared to stand up cause I knew I would be the one losing my job and not the other person. Um, just the way the power structures worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there came a point, and this is where I changed it legally, that I was like, you know what, Melissa played small and wouldn't want to make waves or get fired. or I just couldn't. Um, but Reina stands for justice, even in the face of loss. And if I can't stand up for justice in the face of a job, how will I stand up for justice in the face of nations or whatever God calls me to in the future? And so I turned that person in. I got fired. Um, and you know, the journey has been since then. And so I, what I did was I added Raina Rose into my name. So, uh, that way I didn't feel like I was lying to people, even though God was like, you know, here, this is your new name. This is what I'm calling you. Um, but I was telling you earlier, like I used to live in South America. So it's really awkward to tell my Spanish speaking friends, like, Hey, call me queen from now on, you know? The English speakers like hope like it's like oh Reno okay I get it but Spanish speakers it's a little weird (laughs) but sometimes God asked me to do weird things I mean even right now um, I am up in the Sacramento area and I was at a worship conference in Nashville a couple of months ago and God says go up to Sac and build them a worship team and I was like you're talking to me like hey I got a word for you you know. Um, and I, it was confirmed twice. Then I called the pastors that I knew up here and I said, I think God's asking me to come up and build you a worship team. And they said, that's exactly what we've been praying for. So I packed my little two-seater convertible full of keyboards and guitars. (laughs) It was just 
back to the ceiling and drove up because God said so. And I, I always like thought people were really weird. He's saying, God told me to do this. And God <laughs> told me to do that. But here I am. You know, I think that we always want to be obedient, right? Yeah. But so I think so often we have difficulty really hearing from him, hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. And we are nudged to do something, but we just can't wrap it around our, our brains that this is God wanting us to do something, you know? Yeah. And of course, he will never tell us to do something that is in opposition to the word. But I think sometimes we think, you know, I'm just a little me. He he must be talking to somebody else or I'm I'm hearing things or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can see how the I mean, I'm sure there were many more than just those two things, but they were two big things, changing your name and then, you know, and and heading off and doing something completely new and different. Yeah. And I, you know, I talk about a story in the book actually, because I really talk about getting to know God's voice because um, you know, some people call it intuition. Uh, you know, there's different words the word the world has for it. Um, but when we get to know that voice of God and begin to trust the voice of God, and again, it's not this audible, the clouds are breaking open, but some may call it intuition. When we when we know that feeling that's not our own, often it's something that we would not want to do or necessarily do. Um, I talk about a story in there, uh, many, so this one I'll tell. But uh, I... <laughs> I um, got asked by an old colleague of mine that I used to work in aviation with if I would come help him start a business. And I was praying about going to Houston, talking about going to Houston. And I had just moved back up from South America. So I had no money, none. And um, (laughs) I spent it all down there. And um, I'm praying about it, talking about it. And then every Bible study and every conference I go to is take action, take action, take action. So I buy a one-way ticket to Houston I have like some possible job offers, no place to live, no car and no money left. And I'm like, and I tell my pastor, I go, you know, this is really crazy in the world's eyes. And he's like, it wouldn't be faith if it wasn't crazy. And so I um, move out there. I do like couchsurfing.com, which I used to say is for serial killers and rapists. I'm like, I'm not ever, ever doing that. But I was like, okay, it's that or like don't eat for the next two weeks because I have like very, very little money left. And so um, I end up meeting the girl who I call my prayer warrior princess because I stayed on her couch. And um, she ends up, I end up taking a Greyhound bus up to Austin for a bit to get the job offers. Uh, A friend lets me borrow a car for a year as I get on my feet. The prayer warrior princess lets me live with her for a month until we find my place. The job that I got, um, I had just learned Spanish, so they needed a bilingual receptionist. And so I was answering phones in English and Spanish. But what it led to was a job I was told I needed 10 years of experience for and thousands of dollars, which I had neither. And in four months of being obedient, answering those phones in English and Spanish, I was on the best jet with the most qualified pilots, going to the best locations with the most wonderful passengers you could ever imagine. And I was getting paid to travel around and live out my dreams. And I was like, all right, God, I thought I was going to come start a business, but this is way better. (laughs) But in the meantime, I do want to say like that transition, those first couple months were like lots of nights of like throwing myself under the pillow, like a Disney princess weeping about what the heck did I do with my life? (laughs) And sometimes I find myself in that position even now, like 
oh my gosh, God, what what am I doing? Are are you using me? Is this really, you know, did I hear you correctly? And I know I did. There, there's that expression, um, don't doubt in darkness, but God showed you in the light. Yeah. And I find myself going back to that often, especially, um, you know, I've only been up here like eight weeks and it's all still new. And I'm, you know, just meeting the what we have of a team and putting it together. And, um, you know, sometimes it's intimidating. And I feel when actually when God said, go up there and build them a worship team, I was like, but God, I have fumbling fingers because it's like uh, Moses. I have fumbling lips. I'm like, you know, I can sing, but my guitar skills, like I got to practice a lot to get up on the platform. (laughs) And so, but it's like, who do you think made your fingers? (laughs) Right. So true. So yeah, it's a lot of obedience and there are, I don't want to act like if you follow God's calling, it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows and turn out perfectly instantly because it's certainly not instant and there are trials that come in the meantime but his ways are good and he uses all things together for our good even the things that we think are not good and or or aren't good and and really stink in the moment god uses even those things for our good absolutely yeah yeah i mean and and you've experienced loss as you talked about in the very beginning of the show um so yeah i mean it's I really, I think it's about a mindset and, you know, I always really encourage people to make that choice and to choose joy and to choose the fact that, you know, you know that he is with you, he is faithful, but that is hard. And I always say that I don't mean to be flippant, you know, you're going through something, choose joy. You know, I, I don't mean that, <laughs> yeah. but but there is a certain amount of that. And so knowing that even when you're walking through that, he is with us and he is there. And so- even when you were facing uncertainty, couch surfing. Is that really a thing, couchsurfing.com? <laughs> it is. So I, I, I tell you, someone that I used to volunteer at like a homeless shelter with told me about that. And I was like, you're nuts. I would never, ever do that. And she's yeah. like, no, it's great. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And then like a couple of years later, I was there. <laughs> it's the only time I've actually used that. You know, and it was before Airbnb was super popular. You know, yeah. now I use Airbnbs all the time. It's like not all that different. Yeah. Um, but at the time it was like, I'm going to go into someone's house mm-hmm. and just sleep on their couch or their extra room. That's, that's weird. You know, yeah. like, are they going to cut me up and put me in their basement? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. You know, so you are, you were just filled with creativity. I mean, you were just <laughs> oozing creativity. So, you know, so you're musical, um, you know, you, you started the show, you know, you, you, you're an author. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, he has, he has given you some gifts, girl. So let's just, <laughs> let's just acknowledge that. But let's talk about music for a minute. I, I sure. love a lot of people love Christian music, for example, really all music, but you know, that is something that God gave to us. God created music. I mean, we can read yes. it in Genesis. And so what about music do you think um, allows you to, you know, to, to really try to, to give his message to a larger audience? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was just talking to the worship. We had our first worship team uh, meeting last night, and I was just talking to the team about, you know, intimacy with God and mm-hmm. that we as leadership for worship must develop this deep intimacy with God because if we're not there 
there's no way we're leading people into that place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you think about in the Bible, how they would send the musicians out in front of the army to proclaim God and to, to sing and, and worship. And we need to be doing the same thing in our spiritual battles, not just at church, not just on Sunday morning, um, but all throughout our lives, you know, and one of the things I encourage um, some of the girls that I mentor to do, and, and I do it myself, is sing of the things God has done for you. You know, we look at the Israelites and they sing about how God freed them from slavery, how he gave them water from a rock and he gave them manna from heaven and the promised land and what it was like with grapes so big, they take two people to carry and vineyards and olive groves. They didn't even have to plant cisterns. They didn't have to dig cities. They didn't have to build homes richly stocked with goods. They didn't even have to make like God just gave them this stuff, you know? And so it's important because I think in our culture and, you know, there's a delicate balance between being lazy and just expecting God to do everything. And then actually surrendering and expecting God to do everything. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, There's a, there's a, a balance there, but you know, I think it's important that we lead with worship and a surrendered heart because that's the only way we're going to hear that voice clearly. That's the only way we're going to know what our part in this is to do and what part we have to just let go I hate this expression, let go and let God, because it's just so cliched, but we really do. We need to let it go. Mm -hmm. We need to allow God to work. Um, And again, that's a delicate balance because sometimes he says, you go out and do this part. And sometimes he says, be still and know that I am God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I think with worship, you know, it's, it's, it's being an example of that intimacy with God to lead others into this deep intimacy and, you know, one thing that God really revealed to me about worship um, is I, I was doing this whole series on my show about love, right? And I was like, mostly because I'm like, I need to figure out what does this look like? Like, I, I don't have any idea what healthy love and marriage should look like. I didn't see it modeled, you know, and so I'm going to just invite people onto my show who have great marriages and learn from them, right? <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, you know, but everybody's marriage is very different. And I was like, God, you know, you don't give us much in the Bible. You say Isaac loved Rebecca and took her into his tent and that's all we get. Like that's it. And, um, God was like, yeah, like you're my bride. Like look at your relationship with me. And, um, I was like, ah, you know, there's these pieces we have like reading his love letters and spending time in prayer and then the intimacy of worship. And I'm like, if that's why I crave worship so much. I'm like, could you imagine if you had a spiritual walk without worship, it would be like a marriage without intimacy. And so God showed me the, that's why all of these parts are so important to a healthy relationship with me. And that's what a healthy relationship in the natural will look like as well. Mm, so good. You're right. So you just talked about growing up and, and really not seeing that modeled. You, you had a very, um, I'm going to say untraditional, um, <laughs> just because you traveled so much. So you're raised in mm-hmm. Malaysia, you've traveled, you know, really all over the world. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, what that was like, life like, I should say, what that was like, um, Uh as, you know, in regards to your relationship with him, you know, you knew people, at least least they told you that, you know, Mm -hmm. you were going to be a speaker and you were going to do all this stuff. 
Um, but what was your relationship with, with God like when you were growing up? So I'm always like, you know, honor your parents and talk truth. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, things were, we, so we lived in, in Borneo, in Brunei. Um, Borneo is where the first episode of Survivor was filmed. So get an idea of that jungle. Yeah. And uh, we lived uh, there. My dad was a pilot for the Sultan of Brunei, who at the time was the richest man in the world. So I actually went to school with princesses, like real ones. When I got back to America, people were like, yeah, my dad called me a princess too. <laughs> you know? Like, no, really? <laughs> but we had no selfies to <laughs> prove it back then. Right. Um, and so, you know, so we grew up, up there. And it was really hard on my mom. You know, we had alligators in the trash cans and cobras in the gutters, big uh, apes with fangs that came and ate from our banana tree, like danger in every area. Like you couldn't get away from it at all times. It was dangerous. Something wants to eat you. And so, you know, I'm always like, I love nature until it wants to eat me. (laughs) (laughs) So always something wanted to eat you or rob you. We had robbers that would just come. And so that was, that was stressful. Um, I'm sure. And, you know, parents do the best they can. My dad was pilot, so was gone a lot, um, very rarely there. And, uh, but I had the most wonderful brother. I mean, my brother uh, you know, it's easy to idolize the, those who pass, but even when we were little, so Brunei is a Muslim country. And so girls are not valued at all. Um, and we were like very, uh, strawberry blonde back then. And the, they had never seen a boy that looked like him and they were like, Oh, he's so beautiful. They'd give him all this candy. And without being asked, he would say, Hey, look at all this candy I got us, you know? And so he really like, um, helped my life. But one thing that I didn't know until later, because my mom, like, I think the Gulf War had just started towards the end of us being there. She was really afraid of, like, the end times was coming and would read us revelations. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, like, oh, that that was kind of my early exposure biblically. But I really, I had this interesting experience, and I haven't actually talked about this um, on camera before. <laughs> but I would have what I believe now was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come to my window at night in a way that I could understand as a, you know, four to eight-year-old child um, and take me away on these adventures um, and just comfort me, bring me joy, and then return me to my room before I fell asleep. I was never asleep. I would get to my window and, like, wait. And, um and I would just have these very mystical experiences. Now that I've read like St. Francis and Thomas Merton and some of the mystics, I'm like, okay, I wasn't a crazy child. <laughs> um, but uh, so I would have these very mystic experiences, but they would be very comforting because I just felt as a child, very, um, felt very unwanted. I felt very, um, you know, not good enough. My brother was, again, he truly was a wonderful child. So he was like wonderful. And I was a brat, you know? (laughs) And so this experience I had early on, you know, I had the the revelation stories, but I also had this father, son, Holy spirit that comforted me then. And, and then, you know, it was, I was 12 years old when I, I actually ran away from home and I was really getting into some bad things. Um, and I was punished with having to go on a youth group trip, you know, because I thought they were all dorks. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, 
on that trip, I really experienced the Holy Spirit. Um, it was a few months later on another youth group trip that summer that I was baptized. And, um, you know, a couple of years later, started very poorly playing guitar because obviously I'm not that much better now. Um, you know? <laughs> uh, but writing songs for the Lord and sharing them with the high school group and, you know, just uh, having these experiences with God that were so close that um you couldn't deny it you know and yet you couldn't describe it either it's it's mm-hmm. like trying to explain to someone what love is if they've never experienced it it's it's just not going to sink in and so i remember um when i was about 19 i went to new hampshire and this lady uh taught us about praying in the spirit and things like that but my friend walked in and had some trauma and stuff and she was like oh you know i i i can feel that spirit of trauma and things on you. And I, I come in behind them and mm-hmm. she goes, Whoa, the Lord's all over you girl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember that. And, uh, I remember a few years back when I just felt like I hadn't been doing much in the spirit for a while. And I was like, I, my prayer was God, I want to have that. Whoa, the Lord's all over you girl mm-hmm. again. Mm. And, you know, those who ask shall receive and God has just blessed me to be a blessing. And, you know, whether that's people giving me testimonies about the book or mentoring girls or, um, you know, I work with some orphanages out in Russia, like God has blessed me with what I had asked for. That's so wonderful. You know, and I think we have to ask, we have to Mm -hmm. ask, you know, I was a small group one time and, you know, and I, and I just said, because in this small group, they always said, come with expectancy. So what do you yeah. expect? And I said, I mm. want I want to feel the ecstasy of sitting at his feet. Yeah. And and you know, and that is what I believe he will give it to us if we ask for it, you know. So mm-hmm. I totally, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, so your show, I mean, you have had an opportunity to talk to the most amazing people. I have. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, musically, you know, Tasha Layton and then yeah. so many amazing people on there in addition to that. So tell us how the show came about. And that's and that is Soul Nutrition on Amazon Fire TV. Mm-hmm. It's on the um, Amazon Fire TV on CTM News Network, mm-hmm. which stands for Christian Times Magazine. So the, the way that came about was um, Christian Times Magazine interviewed me for their magazine. And so mm-hmm. they, they interviewed me about the book and what was going on. And, um, it was good. And I have to preface. Okay. So my mom's super one side of the political aisle and my dad's the complete other side. Uh, I'm right down the middle. Right. Um, but I really, the thing that I really rally against, especially now that I'm on a political show is this divisiveness, mm-hmm. the name calling, um, and fear-mongering. I yeah. can't stand any of that. And so when the, um, when the magazine came out, you know, I'm on the cover and everything. And then my dad gets it. It's a Trump, 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 re-elect Trump. All this and again, he's a super Democrat, so he has to put post-it notes over every single one. And then he puts it on his coffee table, you know? And so they contacted me. They said, our audience loved you. We want you to do a show for us. And I was like, and I'm not so sure. I was, I, and they wanted me to pay. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, then they send me some episodes of other shows. And it's like real 
fear-mongering. Like, I mean, yeah. I know people feel differently about this and there's there's a split inside it, but I remember just them saying, should we be woke? Is this dangerous? And I'm like, of course you should be woke. Like aware, <laughs> you know, like that your experience and someone else's, like they may have challenges you didn't. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's important. <laughs> and so um, I would, and then, so they asked me again, and I was like, nope, not, not even gonna. And so then. Nope, nada, yet. <laughs> yeah, so yet, no. <laughs> Every language I know, I'm gonna say no. And um, so then I, it was like two or three times that I said no. And then I'm in my silent prayer, which I teach a lot about in the book is this contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. I love we, that. And let's talk about that in a minute because I love yes. that. So of course, in contemplative prayer, we're sitting and we're listening to God mm-hmm. because let me be honest, my prayer life used to be, God, here's a laundry list of my problems, mm-hmm. and here's how you can fix them. <laughs> you know, in case you need ideas, <laughs> let me tell you how to do it. Uh-huh. So that used to be my prayer life. Now, you know, I, I sit in silence and wait for those answers. And so I'm sitting in my silent prayer. I didn't really have an agenda, that one. And God just says, but what better place? But what better place to have? I've had Anglican monks on my show. I've had mm-hmm. Jewish leaders on my show. I've had, like you said, Tasha Layton and um, Phil Cook and some amazing people on on both sides of you know political spheres and contemplation and things. Um, and so I was like, okay, Lord, I'll say yes. And so I said yes. I actually paid a little bit at first until my show gained some traction. Mm-hmm. And then um, then they do it for free now. They don't get paid. But it's, you know, <laughs> um, but they also have me read the news every once in a while. I usually get thrown on and I'm like studying what's going on real quick, you know. <laughs> um, but the cool thing is, again, I feel like actually one of the things God spoke in my heart the other day was Raina Rose brings peace to politics. And so um, the last time I read the news was the Israel-Palestine issue. Yes. And of course, it's a very fundamentalist right-wing show. So we've got a bunch of, you know, kind of old white dudes on there saying like, we stand with Israel no matter what. But can we stand with Israel and hold them accountable for bombing women and children? Can that be part of standing with Israel? And, um, you know, I just kept bringing it back to what could a solution be? Rather than name calling, rather than finger pointing to the left and to the, you know, Pakistan and all, you know, all of this, the, sorry, not Pakistan, Palestine, <laughs> um, <laughs> to Palestine. And, you know, so during that, instead of name calling and finger pointing, let's think of solutions. And, and at the end, they're like, you know, what if as Americans or as America, we tied our aid to both sides towards active steps towards peace? And if you're actively taking steps towards peace, you still get aid. And if you don't, it gets cut off because, you know, unfortunately people follow the money. I'm like, I hope someone out there who makes decisions is watching because I think that's a great idea. But the the idea was we went from a show where, you know, finger pointing and name calling and, and, you know, we've got so much of that going on today, whether it's anti-vax or liberal or whatever, it's always just, um, let's label someone and other. Mm-hmm. so that we can um, justify hating them. And I'm actually preaching next week on um, loving your enemy, you know, and oh, bringing it from macro of like how I learned to pray for terrorists to how do you pray for the other side and be loving towards that other side, whoever that is, all the way down to that annoying family member you're going to see this holiday. <laughs> That's so true. I, I love your perspective, you know, because I have long wondered I've long wondered um, if there, and I know that there is, the answer is yes, but why don't people think about 
a Christian moderate or a Christian left, because we always just hear about the Christian right. And yeah. there are lots of other different people. What mm-hmm. can we what can we do to make people understand that they're very much as a Christian moderate? And there's left and there's people on the left who are Christians and who love God. And Absolutely. can we all get together and talk about that love for God and worship him? And not get caught up in the mess, not get caught up in the name calling. So I love, I love that that's something that you decide to tackle. I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I have the stomach for that. It is just, it, it, it's tough. I don't, I didn't know that I did either. Again, you know, I said no to this. And sometimes it's those things that I would have said no to that God said, say yes, that end up being the biggest blessing. And now I'm actually, I moved to the capital of California the most liberal state in the nation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the confirmations at that worship leader conference is that I would speak into the politics here and I'm like, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> because I feel like, you know, I'm a Christian author and a speaker. I don't know. I mean, I've, I have a political show now, I guess. So who knows? We never know. I, sometimes yeah. I feel like God gives me a brick and I build this big castle thinking I know what he uh, <laughs> is wanting me to do with it. And he's like, wait for the next instruction. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, I really wanted you to build a ranch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not a castle. Castles are so fabulous. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I want a turret, you know. <laughs> now the I'm title, like, Soul Nutrition. Yes. Um, and, and you mm-hmm. referenced that on, in, on the book cover, you know, nourishing your soul in an empty calorie world. So, so tell us about soul nutrition. What does that mean to you and how can we nourish our soul? So I kind of stole this idea from Paul, you know, he, uh, not kind of completely stole the idea from Paul. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I used to hate Paul growing up, you know, <laughs> some of the things wow. he said. I'm like, Paul, there's a reason you got stoned. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I think it's really, if you take Paul out of context, you're like, what the heck, dude, you need to yeah. simmer down. But, um, but his concept of, you know, the body and the soul, and he's comparing, comparing, you know, the physical body, physical exercise and your soul and caring for your soul. And so I actually started my first business when I was 19 in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, I eventually had like three trainers working for me and, and it was like my first 10 years of working was, was all fitness. And so I really went also, it's interesting from like gold's gym, let's drink a Fedra cause it was legal back then. And like lift weights really hard yeah, yeah. Um, to teaching Pilates and more wellness and nutrition, you know, as I became a more well-rounded person as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and that's a big theme throughout the book is my faith has been that way too. And I think a lot of us start out in a very closed box. Like this is our credo and and this is the way, I mean, Jesus is the way to heaven, but this is the way to heaven, the way our church says, you know, in this tiny little box. Um, and there's no other way to meet Jesus, but this way. Um, and it's kind of like that meathead <laughs> way of looking at faith, you know, and hopefully as we become a more well-rounded person physically and spiritually, we begin to get a little more flexible. We begin to get some more cardio, begin to eat healthier. And, you know, in the natural, we understand that if we move a certain way and we eat a certain way, we're going to feel a certain way. And Mm. what we, we don't seem to remember is this kind of 
I call it modern proverbs wisdom that, you know, okay, we understand if you eat pizza and ice cream and lay on the couch all night, you're going to feel really heavy and lethargic. It's not going to be a surprise. Yet, we're filled with jealousy and lust and all kinds of things that make our soul feel lethargic and heavy. And then we wonder why we're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, what do you mean I coveted all this stuff someone else has or, you know, some celebrity has? I don't understand why watching Instagram all day makes me feel this way. Um, you know, but we're, we're just sitting here in a life of covetousness. And I think it's, I still think it's great, great to have goals and want nice things. It should just be the nice things that you want and not something. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I grew up around private jets. So I'm like, I will take one of those, you know? <laughs> but but if I don't, I'm okay too. You know, so but like, but then when we see, oh, but this, you know, person has that, and that person, and this celebrity, we get into this state of thinking we need to have all that, um, and maybe it wasn't our dream before, and it just turns into cups. Anyway, all of these sins, and I don't necessarily name the sins in the book because they're everybody's is different. You know, we have our own yeah. personal struggles and trials. Um, But the idea is, look, we all fall sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Um, It's going to happen. There's ways to safeguard it. There's, if you want a certain life, you're going to have to live certain ways. You know, um, I feel like we live in a, especially in our young people, in a society where um, we want, you know, marriage and kids and, and companionship for our life. But then we like serial dates and even sleep around and, you know, all kinds of things that do not lead to that life we want. Um, Yet we're saying we want this thing, but we're not doing the things that lead to that life. And so that's uh, the books is a lot of practical stuff, a lot of reflection um, to reflect, you know, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Is it leading me to where I want to go? Because if not, I've got to repent, which just means turn 180 degrees. And do something different because this path is not getting me there. Oh, yeah. And we, like you said, we know what to do, but Mm -hmm. we don't do the things we need to do. Why? Because, as your book says, sin tastes good. (laughs) So the actual point of the book, as you get all the way to the end, though, is I've actually got a chapter called Donuts in the Meeting of Life. <laughs> and, um, so for me, donuts is one of those foods that society has told me is so delicious and they mm-hmm. look so good, right? They've got like that frosting and sprinkles and they're so pretty. But every time I eat them, my stomach is like that scene from Alien or Spaceballs where the thing's like coming out of it. Like, ah! you know? And so I'm like looking for the nearest bathroom within 20 minutes. And so like, I have not eaten a donut and I can't even tell you how long because I know they don't taste that good to me and they feel really horrible. And the thing is, if we get spiritually healthier, the things the world told us were treats and things that we want to have and they're so pretty and delicious, we just start seeing the spiritual bellyache before we even think about it. And so sin tastes good, sure. But the thing is, the healthier you get, the, the more sin just looks like a nasty, gross bellyache and not a tasty treat. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing and all that you're giving in his honor and in his glory, as you just said. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. And thanks for coming on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. Raina Rose had so much wisdom for us today, didn't she? And there's more. We're going to invite her back and we will have more Raina Rose next week. In the meantime, check out her book, Sin Tastes Good, and watch her on Raina Rose TV. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. Don't forget to go to PositivelyJoy.com to listen to previous episodes and learn how to support the show and get free merch. You can also learn more about my books, Whispering in His Ear, Lyrics from My Heart, and other resources that we have available just for you. Thanks so much, and farewell for now. Farewell for now.